Hello, my name is Chris Kyes. I'm a filmmaker from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm looking for a lot of bad people that can do some good. I'm Rick Fox. I'm an aspiring author, and uh, I'm confused and known to be quite vexing. And And we're we're opinionated. What the hell are we watching today? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was Su- Suicide Squad, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I so your intro was more telling than uh, <laughs> than it was clever, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> not that it was not clever. Suicide Squad was directed by David Ayer. It has a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. As of this recording. As of this recording. And it stars Margot Robbie, Will Smith, and others. And, uh, <laughs> so, so we we actually are on a limited time restraint tonight but we just saw the movie mm-hmm. and so we've got a fresh opinion that already just spit out to you guys it's gonna be a la our what are you uh, come on I don't just, make it weird I, no it's just <laughs> i'm i i have words to say about this movie <laughs> so we're actually going to be uh it's gonna be sort of a mini episode a mini sode it's also gonna be completely spoiler free you can listen from the beginning to the end but we're planning on doing a longer form episode very soon where we go into some of the spoilers and it'll still be an impressions-based review eventually we might come back around to it and give it an official rating a la with our dc marathon i presume we'll eventually do but But we will do a recommend and or not recommend for for absolutely because it's opening weekend you might be trying to decide if you want to see it or not so with all that in mind what we're going to do is we're going to each uh just have a small conversation about how we came out of the movie and then we're going to say our favorite thing that the movie tried to accomplish and the worst thing that the movie accomplished then we'll end with our traditional impressions review mini review thing i need to clean that up so bad (laughs) that was so horribly delivered (laughs) so we just coming into the theater Mm -hmm. what were you hoping for suicide squad um I was hoping to enjoy it. I mean, that, that, that's that's a weird thing, I think, to say, but the, the trailers were real strong for this movie. I, I love the trailers that I saw for this. I had a lot of high hopes based on that. Um, but I also saw the Rotten Tomato score, heard a lot about the critics not liking it, heard a lot about a lot of negative things about the movie going in. So I was going in hoping that I could enjoy it about as much as I enjoyed Batman v Superman. Um, which, to give you guys a baseline, since we haven't reviewed that movie for the podcast, I enjoyed though i had serious issues with so you were expecting to sort of have a similar response to this movie i guess seeing the the critical score and also knowing that you kind of enjoyed batman v superman right yeah something like that That, that's pretty close what about you chris well i really like the cast and i actually really like the director i saw fury came out either last year or the year before that and i actually really enjoyed fury Mm -hmm. and it was sort of a mixed reception but generally positive and i found it to be just a very compelling movie i mean who doesn't love a good world war ii action drama um and i was just really impressed with what he was able to accomplish with a really challenging type of story it's confined in a tank but it's also very expansive it's about this huge actual battle that took place where one tank fended off an entire platoon of uh ss troopers cool um and it was really compelling to watch and i was like all right well he's a strong director I was hesitant, though, when I started learning more about the movie because it just doesn't seem to be 
like anything that that movie Fury accomplished. Uh, hmm. Suicide Squad looked like a very sort of tongue-in-cheek, uh, cartoony, uh, wild bunch type of fun movie. Sure. And nothing I'd seen this director done previously was that. Granted, that's just Fury. I think he did... I mean, he's done other stuff. Mm -hmm. I think this is maybe his fifth movie. Okay. But Suicide Squad is definitely the thing he's done that's had the most money behind it. Right. And to see him transition straight into a genre that just not seemed to fit his previous work was right. confusing to me. But to be fair, like the, the biggest criticism that DC has gotten repeatedly, uh, since the new reboot style thing that they've been doing, um, is that it's too dour. It's too dark. It's too gritty. You know, they, they wanted some humor, something humorous and something, you know, to kind of upbeat. And this was definitely a beat. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say it's upbeat. Honestly. I, I think that if I, it's, if, if, Someone were to say this movie is upbeat, I would say I don't think they know what upbeat looks I think, like. I think I mean more in tempo than in um, temperament because this movie is it's quick that's, pace. That's there's fair. jokes. There's you know it's there's definitely some some uh, depressing I guess types of scenes. There's some downers in there. I think is well, the way I would put it. Even aesthetically in the trailer, it just mm-hmm. looks very. Like, in terms of the cinematography and the presentation, it still looks grim and dour. Yeah. Which, I don't mean that in a negative way. That's just the aesthetic that they're putting forward. That's what they're going for. It's going for more of a a dark horsey type of, like, look. It doesn't look vibrant and beautiful and colorful, which is ironic because all of the graphics and the posters, that's what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. It's very strange the way they did that. But I thought, at least visually, the movie worked very well. Um, I think the the visuals are pretty strong, other than a few CGI things that could have been better. Um, But I think that the movie has a very strong visual style. There's definitely certain scenes that were really impressive to see. I feel like that Every department that's behind the visual style of this film has great successes and great failures. Yeah. Like I'd the agree cinematography, if you were to just freeze any one frame, it's going to look like a very well composed frame. It's going to be very pretty. And frankly, the other DCEU efforts so far, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Super, yeah, which I haven't seen the latter of the two because I hated Man of Steel a lot. But even then, one thing I can say is that you could take just about any still from Man of Steel, any still (laughs) from Man of Steel, and it could be your desktop background. It's it's a very well composed camera, like like that's used in that film. But my issue with that movie is very similar to my issue with this movie is that nothing feels like it's very intentional or motivated in terms of how to craft an experience. It's like, oh, this is a slow mo shot, but that slow mo shot doesn't aid what's happening if anything sometimes it makes it seem cheesier or dumber so there's little things like that where i have a lot of high points but they're also the low points at the same time and that also goes for like the costuming some of the production design some of the the score some of the music choices which for the most part i feel like that's it feels like it's underselling it but the soundtrack is really as awesome as it was in the trailers the, the soundtrack is absolutely fantastic um i think what's interesting for me about this movie is uh that it is as pretty as it is because i mean say what you will about Zack snyder he he makes 
pretty movies. Like, it, they might be crap sometimes, but they are very, very pretty. Um, and this guy, uh, David Ayer, has, I think, done, in some places, as good a job as uh, as Snyder did of making a pretty movie. Now, not through the whole movie, to be sure, but there's definitely certain scenes that really struck me that are really interesting. And I think it's especially strong between when Harley uh, is on screen. I'd be curious to know if they use the same cinematographer. I, I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. I think that, oh man, there's just, there's so much to talk about, but I don't want to get too deep into stuff because I'm just going to start talking about spoilers before right. too long. One thing I like to talk about before we talk about the points we mentioned earlier, uh, just as a general discuss- discussion, is the cast. Because I feel like that's, in any type of ensemble film, like Avengers, Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, uh, you have to talk about the large number of actors and characters that are being represented and whether sure. they're done effectively, because that's a huge key point of the experience. Right. And in generally, I, you know, I might be sounding mostly negative right now, but I'm a big fan of how they cast this movie. I think that just about everyone fits their roles very well, and they all seem to really enjoy fitting those roles. I, I agree. I do think they, that it was cast extremely well, but I don't think that they used that cast to nearly its full potential. Yeah, and we're not talking about necessarily the performances. No, we're I, about I the think casting the, I think, specifically. I honestly yeah. think that every performance is very, very good. I think that the the places where the performance doesn't work for me are failures in the edit, in the editing. Um, the I think that uh, I don't think it's a spoiler really to say that Margot Robbie and Will Smith are the two main people in this movie. They're very much the main characters in a lot of ways. They act they get as the most the front runners. They get the most screen time. They're sort of the most famous characters. Um, and I think that both of them did an excellent job. I really enjoyed uh, Margot Robbie's performance as Harley. I, I have always enjoyed that character from you know when she was uh, created on Batman the Animated Series. And I think that she did an excellent job and really nailed that part. And I also think that Will Smith did a very good job of bringing his t- trademark charm to this movie and to his character. Will Smith is one of those actors that he kind of feels like the same person in every movie. But I always love that person. <laughs> you, you like him so much that you're happy to see him no matter what movie he's in. Like he, he's it's so charismatic every mm-hmm. time. It's like the guy can only roll natural 20s on his charisma rolls <laughs> to fully nerd out there for a second. And he still fills those characters, though, mm-hmm. is the thing. It's just that he's he's not necessarily typecast, but he just feels like you're you're never not. Oh, that's Will Smith. You know what I right, mean? Like, yeah, he, that's definitely 100 percent like it's sort what of like, he does. I and, think it's sort of similar to like Bruce Willis. I always feel like Bruce Willis is the same guy in every movie. Example. And, you know, I'm never sad to see that guy. But, you know, it's 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 always that same guy. I feel like two of the roles people are talking about a lot right now are Viola Davis and Jared Leto. Viola Davis, is she Waller? Uh, yes, she is Waller. Okay. Um, I actually was, I didn't know what to think of Viola Davis being in this movie because Viola Davis is a, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't say she's A-list because you think of people like Will Smith when you think of A-list, but Viola Davis is a badass actor. She <laughs> is just awesome at owning roles. And I was really curious, like, oh, wow, they're putting someone who's just a natural Oscar contender in this movie. And this is suicide squad. And I was wondering, maybe she won't take it very seriously. And I feel like in spite of some very poor scripting and editing that Mm -hmm. involves a lot of scenes that she's in, she is one of the best performances in the movie. I I would actually absolutely agree. I think that um, you need someone of that level of talent to play the character that they, they are trying to portray there. I don't know because of again, the writing and the editing, I, I agree with you that those 
didn't handle it well, but the character is a force to be reckoned with in the comics. She she is a very powerful character and a very um, intelligent and forceful character, and you need someone who can really back that up. And I, I feel that Viola Davis, Viola Davis did an excellent job of, of doing that. Um, with what she had to work with. So you're a huge Joker fan. So what did you think of Jared Leto's take on the, um, take on the Joker? I am a huge Joker fan. I, I, I That's really, about how I feel. <laughs> I really like it. Honestly, like I really, really do like his performance. Really? I do. Um, I feel like he is doing something very different from every other Joker that's been done on screen so far. And I like it when I see that because that's the interesting thing about the Joker is you could have, you could, you know, you can always have a new take on him because of the type of character he is. Um, he, this guy is cartoonish. He's out there. He's loud. He's brash. He's psychotic. And he's crazy in a way that I don't think we've seen from a on-screen Joker before. That said, he's in this movie and the editing and writing doesn't serve anyone in this movie. So I have to say, I really like the performance. I would like to see more of him. I'm curious to see how this Joker will interact with this Batman. Um, that I think could be very, very interesting or really really weird because of the types of characters that they're playing it would it it this is a very serious very stoic very um dark batman and a loud crazy brash joker and so those two forces coming together could be amazing or it could not work at all so i'm curious to see how that will work but based on this performance i'm very willing to see more of jared leto in the part i was i'm still not sure how i feel about him I can uh, completely understand that. <laughs> I when they showed that first picture and he had all the tattoos, mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, this is gonna be stupid." Right. <laughs> I, I was just I was really put off by Thirty Seconds to Mars, dude, acting like Thirty Seconds to Mars, dude, and this like he just looks like someone who came out of a seconds, hot topic. Like Thirty that, Seconds that, to Mars, dude. That's who Jared Leto is. Oh, he's a singer. He's the lead singer of Thirty Seconds to Mars. Really. Am I crazy? I don't I totally, know. I totally thought that's who I had was. No, I had no idea who the guy was. <laughs> if you know who Jared Leto is, please tell us <laughs> at Opinionated Movie Reviews. At, no, Opinionated Podcast. No, Opinionated Movie Reviews at gmail.com. It's late. Uh, anyway. Uh, email us, please. <laughs> Go to our website. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's just, from my experience with the Joker is that there's usually two different types of Jokers. There's like the 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 out there crazy doesn't have a plan but a force of chaos he just embodies chaos Heath Ledger. then there's the clown the the prince of crime the clown prince of crime you know and that's jack sort nicholson. of like yeah that's actually <laughs> where i was gonna go there's yeah. the heath ledger and the jack nicholson mm-hmm. and i can't decide if he's sort of somewhere in the middle maybe mm-hmm. a little more on the jack nicholson side right or if he's just something else entirely and i i feel like that's actually embodies that idea of like, I can't figure out what's being, what they're going for here mm-hmm. is how I feel about almost every single element of this movie. I, I couldn't figure out how to jump on board the train ride that is the narrative of Suicide Squad. And that goes into every element of every design that this movie took creatively. Right. And Jared Leto as the Joker is probably the biggest embodiment of that for me. I'm just like, ah, well, I, I don't really like hate it. Right. But at the same time, I'm not really thrilled or wowed or mystified by it either. And that's the thing that makes the Joker so interesting is that in a dark way, we all kind of love watching the Joker because we have no idea what to expect from him. And he's the one who creates all the drama. I wasn't really like interested in the things that Joker was doing in this movie. Yeah. He just seemed like a gangster that 
happen to be crazy as opposed to a crazy criminal who I can't pin down in any way. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's interesting like because Keith I, Ledger as the Joker, I never knew what his angle was, but I knew that like he was crazy and a fist force of chaos. And that's what makes him fun to follow is that you have no idea how he's going to create the next big problem for Batman, even though you know, he's going to in this movie, he just seems to just be a dude like he's a criminal. What, what I would say, um, to go back to a point you had just a moment ago, there's really three interpretations of the Joker that are the big, big ones. There's the original interpretation of the Joker, which is the crown, clown prince of crime. That's very close to what Jack Nicholson did. He he's He'll kill anyone, but he's out there for money. You know, he's got plans, that kind of thing. The second one is one that comes from more the Silver Age of comics when the Joker was just a joke, like when, when comic books were very, very... Um, uh, clean, very, you know, you couldn't really do anything edgy at all. And that's when he was a joke. And then there's the the force of chaos that he's kind of become in the modern interpretations. And I feel like this Joker is sort of somewhere between the really weird joke Joker and the force of chaos Joker. And that's interesting to me. Like, it... I would say that I never felt like I knew what he was going to do in this movie and he felt crazy. But the thing is that like he felt crazy in in a way that like the reason that I don't feel like I knew what he was going to do is because I didn't get anyone's motivation in this movie. Like beyond the very obvious like some characters don't want to die thing this movie is so poorly told like it it has a very strong beginning i feel um but the further the movie goes in the more it just comes apart at the seams man like and the the characters and what's going on in the movie and what people are trying to accomplish just becomes more and more unclear the further it goes in so to get it back to the joker is that sort of why you're kind of feel like it's unpredictable because i feel like the joker is the most predictable character in this movie i i was trying to look at it um through the lens of okay, if this guy were in a better written movie, would I enjoy this performance? So um, trying to take the the story that was in there and the the plotting and the, the writing out of it and just look at what the actor was doing with the part. I think that I like what he's doing and I think I could see him being a good, scary force of chaos character. I don't feel like that comes well, comes uh, across well in this movie, but I don't feel like anyone comes across well in this movie. So you know fair enough fair enough so maybe we should go ahead and start with the actual points of the review sure let's start with the positive things okay now that we've gotten that out of the way um, let's go to the negative things <laughs> yeah i mean like we, we <laughs> it's sort a of joke ha- let's, let's we find sort of, something good to talk well, we about we sort of have talked about that the, the performances are very strong for what they are they're not well written but the, the the actors really bring their a game i feel like in almost every case would you say that is the one thing you could say that the movie does best yes Okay. Um, I think the second thing for me would be the visual style. I think that there are a lot of really cool, uh, interesting things to look at in this movie. And um, there's a lot of good action in it. There's a lot of bad action, but there's a lot of very good action in it, I think. So my good point would probably be the same. I think that the casting is really strong. Um, I, I definitely really buy into Will Smith as Deadshot and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I have a lot of issues with Harley Quinn on screen as a character, but that's also, 
I think, issues I just have with the idea of Harley Quinn altogether. <laughs> she uh, is a very strange character. Like, it, to, to be honest, like, there there is sort of a cult of personality around that character that I find a little bit scary because Harley is a very, very damaged, very evil individual. But there seems to be, like, this group of people that are very, very pro-Harley and love that character and don't seem to see that. But what they see is, like, a fun you know, well, crazy that's, what person. I would, that's what I would say is like something I'm not a huge, I can't say I'm a huge Batman fan because I'm just not a huge comics fan, but every time I've dived into the Batman universe in any way, I've really enjoyed it. And my experience with Harley Quinn is almost exclusively just a little bit of the cartoons and the video games, the Arkham series games. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I see from Harley Quinn, she seems to be completely set apart from every other DC villain in that she just has a very vibrant and fun personality. Whereas most of the other ones, they're very mysterious, dark, grim, and interesting in some other way that has to do with their character. But Harley is just on the surface a very vibrant and colorful villain, especially in the Batman. Well, I would say I would not, I would not say that for the DC universe as a whole, someone as someone who's more more familiar with comics, but definitely within um, Batman's uh, rogues gallery. She is. It, she fits what you're saying a lot better there. Like she's probably one of the more comical ones in the Batman yes. world. Um, I, I guess Batman, Batman centric world meaning. Especially like, if what you if what you've experienced is more modern comics. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like that's probably a big part of what people are latching on to. They're Batman fans, and this is the one character in the Batman universe that might have the most cartoonish personality outside of maybe the Joker. Well, but she's different from the Joker. You know, too, like she's a little sillier, in my opinion, from what I've observed. The Joker is a little more on the darker side of the comedy, whereas Harley Quinn seems to be more on the well, witty, almost slapsticky part of the comedy. I wouldn't... It, she's such a complicated character in so many ways. Well, comics and are all just, complicated well, because there's this, different well, generations, the different writers' takes on characters that have the well, same background. Yes, but this character in in particular, she doesn't have a long history in comparison with a lot of the Batman universe. She's very recent. She actually came to exist from the Batman animated series. Um, that's where she originated and she got migrated into the comics because of how popular her character on the the, the cartoon was um, but the, the entire point of her character has always been how uh, her relationship with the Joker is incredibly abusive and messed up and um, while she's got this bright sunny personality it's covering a lot of darkness and the way that the Joker treats her and the way that she worships the Joker is this very, very disgusting, very messed up relationship. And I feel like that really comes through in this movie in, in a lot of ways. Really? In, oh, in, I, man, in, in some ways, man, like there, I think that there's a lot of scenes where you really get that the Joker is a deranged, messed up individual. Now I don't feel like you get enough of her, um, pre being Harley back when she was just a doctor and she was a normal person to, to really make that sink in and work well. But I do get the, um, the gross, like these two people are very damaged and they are damaging each other further, uh, by being together in the way that they are thing that's going on there. See, I saw Harley Quinn as exclusively a victim and abusive relationship in this movie. And I halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, maybe they're going to take this to a really dark, but interesting place, you know, taking dangerous territory and really exploring something that 
if they handle it right, could be really interesting. But it, by the end, they seem to sort of glorify it. And I was really uncomfortable. Oh, that's you a spoiler. Should you should I guess. be. Like, is that a spoiler? I don't think so. Like, okay. I mean, I think you should be. I think that is that is the the, the, the reaction you're supposed. Well, again, uh, let me put it this way. I would agree that I'm supposed to be disturbed by it, but I don't think, given the movie we just watched, that they're implying. Yeah, isn't this gross? They seem to imply, hey, like they're a thing. Like, and I'm just like, man, That's I got, weird. I got gross off of this real hard. And the thing is, it's exactly what you said. Of uh, the uh, Harley is very much abused by the Joker in a lot of ways. But what 100%. makes it so, but what makes it so horrifyingly creepy is the way she worships him and keeps going back to him. Like she does not take it as abuse, and it really is. And that's what makes that relationship so so messed up. Right. And I definitely got that specific thing from this movie. Yeah, I, I was waiting to get that thing and I just never got it and I was looking for it. But the other thing about Harley Quinn is that she's, and I get that like sexuality is a big thing behind her character, but... It's become a big thing, I would say. She just, it's less so that she's a sexual creature in this movie, which is definitely a part of it, but the filmic language seems to really overwhelm that like there's shots of like her butt like it's just it's like okay this is not what i wanted to get out of this movie it's just uncomfortable and weird and progressive i feel like everything i feel like harley harley quinn's character works best when it is weird uncomfortable and weird uncomfortable in a way that is sexy but at the same time you're like see i don't think i don't think i'm communicating myself clearly it's like there's a lot of male gaze in this movie and without And if you were to like just place the camera in different ways and have her act exactly the way she did in this movie, it would have been better. But there were just a lot of moments where I'm just like, all right, I don't know why we're looking at her like this right now. It's okay to have other characters interact with her that way. I think that's the character. I think that 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 I think that actually fits with who the character is, honestly, for the character to like. Sorry, for the camera. Yeah, I feel like that fits. mm, I feel like that fits her character in the same way that making an action hero look awesome and huge on the screen works for for that. I think it's emphasizing what they're trying to do with the character. I I didn't work for me at all. I don't think it's a good thing, but I think it's not a oh, good okay. thing. Like in, I don't think it's a poorly done thing. I don't think it is a good positive. You should look at this and be, you know, it, it, uh, uh, playing this out. It's I, again, everything about Harley to me speaks to this is gross and this is messed up right. and playing a sexual angle of that works in a very deranged way. Right. And I'm I'm really torn to transition into our worst thing about the movie. Writing. To say that's Editing. one of... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess for me, it'd be directing, writing, editing, production design. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, everything else we haven't, haven't said. It's the mo- way... Cha- but to me, like, it's sort of what we're talking about. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that just feels really regressive and... Regressive I, in what way? I don't understand. Well... One, another character I'd bring up with is the antagonist of the film, which is this enchantress lady. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where there's a costume change where she just looks like this, like just supermodel with scary makeup on. And it's such a weird shift because before that moment, she has this, in a dark way, very beautifully detailed, terrifying, grim 
wardrobe that really sells this how ancient and crazy and wild this character is and then some sort of plot device happens i could not even if i wanted to spoil it i couldn't really achieve that because uh-huh. i don't know exactly what happened <laughs> to make I, that happen i, I think I, you know I the moment explain, i'm talking about i could explain it but yeah I, I get i get why it's confusing and she changes in appearance mm-hmm. and she just looks like a model wearing very very little clothing and i'm just like if anything she's wearing more clothing i felt like then it's just the way it's shot is like less there's this cloud of well, darkness over beforehand, her hiding she's everything. got all this hair and darkness and it's at it, that point it's cool but after that she just starts looking like a model and i thought that was weird i mean honestly super super uncomfortable and i was uncomfortable very, really it's yeah. no different from most movies hell that's in like the fast and furious movies everywhere yeah yeah and i'm not saying it's good there but in this movie it was it just didn't fit at all to me. Here's the thing. In the Fast and the Furious movies, that's, I'm using air quotes, like part of the racing culture. Like it's something that's like, well, it's not, doesn't surprise me that it's there, you know, but I don't like it, you know? I mean, it, I gotta, in, I do have to say, scantily clad women and, and objectification is very much part of the comics culture. That's unfortunate. And I that part is regressive, I think. But I but, think that the difference is that in the street racing scene, you're talking about an actually active culture. Whereas this, you're talking about the comic book culture, which is sort of this meta, like the artists always draw women this way because they there's a history of sexism in comics. But that changes and that changes a lot from what I understand. Like comics as they have different writers and different approaches to the characters and they're really starting to evolve right now to become more progressive. Like, I mean, we have There's a, attempts being made to do that. Like, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. just, uh, what's that? Captain Marvel? She's now a... Uh, uh, a, a Muslim character. Marvel like is that. doing all they're kinds doing, of stuff to, to try and make it more PC. Yeah, well, I mean, they're doing... They're, they're at least making an attempt to be more inclusive and it's hard to imagine them going the route this movie went with two of its main female characters which i think are needlessly sexualized there's i mean mean, she's even like dancing and shaking her butt while she's summoning this machine thing and i'm like what is happening i'm not i don't get what you're getting i'm sorry like it's not any more sexualized than anything else i've seen in any other movie it just did not it didn't strike me as sexy in any way i guess what made it weirder for me in this movie is i have there's usually very little justification for it, but in this movie, I have next to none, and I found it just to be really stupid. <laughs> I mean, the the character is paper thin, so like, the, what justification could there be? <laughs> well, that, yeah, I suppose, but uh, it, I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was very, very weird. Fair enough. I uh, to go back to to kind of our cons. Man, I, 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 okay. You, you told me that uh, David Ayer stands by this cut. Like that's those are his words. Apparently, um, those are his words. Apparently, and like I can't imagine why this movie is horribly cut. The oh, plot absolutely. is absolutely there's. It's not there. There's huge chunks of the movie that I feel like they 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 must have said we're going here to do this that were just cut out where you just assume okay there's a bad thing going on in the city they're going to stop it maybe I don't know but then there's a huge thing in the middle of the movie that they treat like a huge plot twist where. Uh, I don't know. This, this movie's writing and editing are absolute crap. So most films are shot non-sequentially, and that's for budgetary reasons and just for practical 
allocation of resources. You know, you don't have every location available at every time of day. So you have to sort of shoot based on when locations are available, when actors are available, et cetera, et cetera. But this movie totally feels like they shot it sequentially and David Ayer got less interested in it <laughs> as they were shooting it because by the end it just feels like uh they got here because ah, who cares right see, see that's not the way that the, the way that i would have put it is that this movie feels like a bunch of directors looked at it and said oh man this guy's doing something kind of weird and dark and, and odd we can't do that just shoot like 20 more action scenes and, and pack it in there and it, the plot thing doesn't matter who no one's gonna pay care about that like this to me reeks of what i I think of as executive meddling, but from what I I saw as I you know was stuck in traffic on the way here and kind of tried to read up on it, that's not what David Ayer claims is the case, which is insane to me. Like I cannot imagine someone looking at this movie and saying I'm proud of what I did there. It is an absolute shit show, and. I can't understand why someone would claim that unless it's like someone has a gun to their head and says, your career is gone if you, you know, say what you really want to say about this movie. I don't get it. It is really baffling. It doesn't make any sense. So much of this movie doesn't make sense. And it's, I want to tell you that I think that it's because of the editing, but it just feels like it's so deep. It feels like it's at a script level. It feels like at the script just straight up like there's so many moments where they will say something that feels like it's a placeholder and they're going to go back and be like all right we're going to fit in something better here so that it's more fleshed out but then they're like well I can't really think of anything. See, just go with this. <laughs> to, to me, I feel like there's so many lines that are said that feel like they should be callbacks to things that we saw previously at some point in the movie, but they just like cut that scene out. And so now we don't know like why he's repeating this thing. And it's, it, oh, I don't well, know. There's a point like, in the movie where there's no reason for any character to like, do what they doing do what they're doing like every character's motivations have individually one by one been stripped from them. And, one of the characters is like, well, let's go do this thing. And I'm like, why do you want to do this thing? They There's literally no say, reason for you to want to do this thing. They literally say, do you have anything better to do? And every character should, if they are who they've been pre- prior to this moment, should say, yes, I would like to live. And I have nothing holding me to going and stopping that. Bye. But they're all like, no. One of the characters does leave. And, it's and like then he just comes back bit. in the next scene. And he doesn't say, hey, I'm back. He's just there. Yeah. <laughs> it okay, is, but the, we're getting very close to spoiling so yeah, it, i don't want to do that it's it's this movie's editing is truly baffling i i i i'm tempted though to change my worst thing to the action choreography because i felt like the one thing this movie i expected to do right and if anything you know i would have had fun watching this Heck, it was one of the only things I liked about Man of Steel was the action choreography. And I just feel like it is just terrible in this movie. I, I couldn't feel like- follow half the things that were happening outside of someone's hitting someone. And, oh, man, it's just so 
poorly constructed. And I think that David Ayer should have watched that video you shared on the Facebook page of Mm. great action movie scenes because none of the action movie sequences in this movie follow any of those rules. I wouldn't go quite that far. I I would. I I understand exactly what you're saying. But I think what it is, is it's like everything else in this movie. Like the movie starts off at like an eight and then just progressively the dial gets turned down further and further and less competent and less competent and it gets worse and worse. I feel like the first big action scene is all right. It's acceptable. It's not great by any means, but I talk, I, you know, I could, I got into it a little bit. I was enjoying it. It went on a little too long. You're talking about when Deadshot stands on the car? Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That's the only one I like. That's the one I liked. And I feel like that was the none first. Of, none I feel of like the that, stuff around that was good. I feel like it was the <laughs> first big thing. And, you know, again, from there on, it kept going down and down and down. I feel like at the beginning when they were doing anything action related that was uh, related to the character intros, I really enjoyed all that. So the last fight scene is just stupid as hell. Like it, it's, it doesn't make any awful. sense. Like it, it doesn't make sense. It's not what well the shot. characters it's aren't there. For, aren't like, there for a reason. There's things that they do that don't make any damn sense with what they've said about themselves before. Like just, ugh. it's awful. It's, this is not a good sad movie. like it's really sad because i really want dc to have at least one win <laughs> yeah it's and i really love to hate on dceu right now because i just love being predict predictably right I, <laughs> but i, I but don't the like, thing is i don't love the idea of any movie being bad i would rather hope that a movie is bad and be I'm sorry. I would rather hope that a movie is bad and be wrong because it is great and enjoy watching the movie than hope that a movie is bad selfishly and then end up being right. Like, I I don't like the idea of any movie turning out terribly, no matter how much I don't like a franchise and I'm anti-fanboying against it. And I felt that way in this entry because I just really hated Man of Steel so much. I completely I don't understand skipped. that. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we'll review one day. I, I'm but, sure we will. It's why I skipped Batman v Superman. I was like, man, I just was so disappointed with that. And when this came out, I was like, well... Uh, I'll be really vindicated if it's still terrible. But I also like the cast. I like I the director. Say, I like the this, idea. This movie is not terrible in the way that uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman are are poorly done. Because there are definitely things about those two movies that are very poorly done. But this movie just this movie just comes apart at the seams. Like those movies are at least semi coherent. There's things that are dumb as crap in them. But they at least kind of make sense and follow a cohesion and there's a story being told. In this movie, there's not a story. There's just events that happen and characters that are there, but they don't make any sense at all. None of it comes together in any way. I think that for a movie to be good, you have to reach what I would call a series of selling points. And saying that a movie has cinema, good cinematography is not a good is not a selling point. But saying that a movie has good cinematography that really benefits the direction is a selling point. To say that a movie has really amazing production design that aids the characterization is a selling point. And I feel like that at almost every point of this movie, the, none of the elements, like you said, like cohesive, cohesive together, nothing cohesive like in this movie. Like mm-hmm. nothing is glued yeah. to one idea to make any thing about this movie a selling point it is just bad on so many different levels but you can still say that it's cast well that some of the costuming is cool yeah that some of the some of the jokes are funny i found most of them to be really flat but most of the theater was laughing so it's probably a taste thing for me <laughs> but the i man i just there's there's no way to really 
say this was definitively 100% a good route for them to take because I can't find any road (laughs) to acknowledge there. It's just bad on many levels. If you were to tell me, like if you were to take a time machine and travel to the past and tell past me, hey, Chris, Suicide Squad is going to be bad. I would have been like, well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they haven't had a really, the DCEU hasn't had a good track record yet. You know, I would have expected them to have course corrected by now, but it doesn't surprise me that they haven't. But if you had told me out of, it would have been the one I've liked the least of the ones I've seen so far being only one movie, but granted, I really hated it. I would have laughed in your face. I'd be like, no way, that's not possible. And that's how I feel. I really think this is an awful movie. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into our, our final thing? Yeah, so my mini review is I I actually don't have a clever I mean I, I can go ahead and go. You got one? Yeah. So one to three words. Bonus points for one word. Um slow motion car wreck. I feel like those are two that's hyphen. Four words. I feel like that's at least one hyphen in there somewhere to make it three. It is not but, a very good movie. That's one hyphenated <laughs> compound word. But the, the, like this is the thing. Like a slow motion car wreck. Like it can start with something little, and then you know you suddenly see like you'll you'll watch all these things come apart and just everything. It, it might be interesting to watch in that way. But this movie, like, I, I I don't know how to say any more than what I've already said. The thing of it is, is though, is that it's a slow motion car wreck with people that I like inside. I want to like. DC's movies I really do because I I love Superman he is my number two favorite superhero and sometimes he even goes as far as number one above Spider-Man I think he's an amazing character and he's very interesting and very well done when he's well written and I feel like a lot of the the criticisms against the character come from people who don't know what they're talking about and haven't actually read anything good from that character Um, they just feel that they see the cliches and go oh I know all about that um, and so I want these movies to be good and it, it hurts me that they're not, especially when we have characters that are as strong as Margot Robbie's, uh, Harley Quinn or, um, Ben Affleck's Batman. They're awesome. I desperately want to see those people in a good, like play those parts in a movie that is well directed and well written, but the, this isn't it, man. I, I can't in good conscience like recommend anyone see this like it's it's just it's bad and that hurts me because I want it to be good so bad because I feel like these people who are working on it deserve to be in a better movie and the fans of this series deserve a better movie so I think my mini review is going to be snowball i feel like is a good one actually actually yeah that that works so the thing about a a snowball is that it can start really small but as it goes down a hill it gets bigger and this movie tries to start out on a really intimate level and you know like you're getting to know these characters you're getting their backstories and it's not really selling me at that point and i kept thinking well it's probably going to build to something but what it ends up building to is just this giant ball of carnage that's heading towards you that you don't want to run over you and destroy your house and all of your loved ones inside. It ends on such a terrible note. <laughs> it's just, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse as the movie goes on. It's, it's hard to explain why it's bad though through a podcast because it's not like it ever gets to a point. It almost does get to like a Sharknado level point towards the end where you're just like, why are you saying this? This doesn't make sense. It's just getting comical at this point. But it's just so unfun. And that I find that so... Sad? Well, 
ironic because the whole thing this movie was trying to sell to us is that, okay, we're going to get back to making fun movies for you. And this is just one of the least fun times I've had at the movie in a long time until the end where it just got so bad that I had to start laughing at it. Then I started having a pretty good time. <laughs> but it's not in the movie's credit that that was happening. And it was more like an exhaustive thing. It wasn't like, oh, that's such a stupid idea. I'm going to laugh at it. It was, I don't know why I'm still here laughter. <laughs> and that is just, yeah, that's depressing. It's depressing to say that out loud. It's it's horrible. So I totally would recommend that you go see it. <laughs> No, I would not. It's terrible. Don't go see it. Don't spend your money on it. Don't rent it. Don't buy it. It's not worth a dollar. It's really terrible. Uh, thumbs way, way, way down. Well, I guess that's it. Wait, uh, so would you recommend people go see it? I, I'd said no. <laughs> I said no during mine. Well, this is the official moment. Oh, you can no. still change your mind if you want to. No, I will. I Are you want, sure? I really you want to change your mind? I really want to re recommend this movie. I really want people to go see it in a way, but I can't in good conscience recommend it on the merits of the movie. I, I want people to go see it because I want, I want better for DC <laughs> and I want better for these actors. So, no, sadly. I, I really just get the feeling that they do not understand what their problem is. I really think it's it's a huge issue with WB. That's the only thing that I can think, that they just don't know what the hell they're doing. Because the entire creative team behind this movie is strong. Yeah. It's, uh, I Again, mean... Again, that's they, why I'm so... I'm, I, I can't believe that David Ayer stands behind this and that he's not it throwing could be the... the studio. I mean, again, I the only thing that I can imagine is there's some exec with a like gun to his career saying, you will promote this movie. You will stand behind it. You won't pull a Josh Trank and say, like, no, this there's a good cut in there, but the executives won't let me do it. Like, like what they did with Fantastic Four. Like, I, I just... I don't... Ugh... Man, whoever screwed this movie up, I'm very mad at you. <laughs> it, yeah, like it, it. Here's the thing: I almost feel like I, I shared a video recently. It's also on our page about what the failure behind Batman v Superman boils down to. And I thought and that was excellent, by the way. I I haven't seen the movie, but knowing Zack Snyder's other work, I felt like it sort of nailed on the head what my problem is so much with him. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've talked to some people who are like, yeah, he's the new Michael Bay. And I'm like, I, I don't really think that's it. Like, it's not quite the same. The, the, the He's worse in a way different way to me. Mm -hmm. And I almost no, feel like... Michael Bay is so much worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I might agree. But uh, I do feel like that there is a very core issue that dc has with how they tell their, their stories and that video nails it and it's that it's not about making a movie fun it's about making it a strong creative experience and you know you could have made this a comedy and it may not be fun hmm. you know like you, you could make this just a straight up like you could go you know, full Tropic Thunder with this movie and make it an action comedy or whatever. It may still not work if you can't just get your basic storytelling principles in line. Yeah, the, the thing is, like, I would recommend this if it even had the barest level of co coherence, but it doesn't. It's it's in it's crazier as a story that they're trying to tell than anything the Joker or Harley says in this movie. Like, it's just it's nonsense, absolute nonsense ah. completely unfollowable <sighs> like, there's no way to explain how they get from point a to point b uh so anyway it, it goes without saying that you probably shouldn't see this movie if you're considering 
<laughs> Unless you just really want to. Like, I can't. No, I, no I'd say no. If you uh, want to go see this, don't go see it. I promise you it's not good. I, I can only hope that there's like a DVD cut that will come out that will have some of this. It's really hard back. to imagine. They I, might release deleted scenes along yeah, with it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I highly doubt they'll have a director's cut if David Ayer is getting behind this movie. Because that's usually what that means. Like, right, uh, yeah. Like even Joss Whedon said that he had a better cut for Age of Ultron, but he's not going to release it. Uh, Which is another movie that really needed a, a different cut. Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, financial and political mechanizations behind doing something like that, releasing an alternate cut. That's and so that's dumb. why. Well, that's why you usually only see it with like classic movies that have been around for forever. Like, like yeah, there's a really great recut of Apocalypse Now. Uh, that is awesome. There's a even Terminator Two has a director's cut that I think adds like a star, a whole star to the movie and makes mm-hmm. it a masterpiece. But if you watch the version that you could find on Netflix, if it's still on Netflix, you're watching like a just a really good action movie, right? But not the amazing movie that most people should see. Yeah. Um, you really have to. I I. I I'm shocked they did it with Batman v Superman, to be perfectly honest, for that reason. You know, this is the thing. When you release a movie that is this shitty, and this is a shitty movie, and I I, I don't want to say that lightly, but because I mean, I, I feel like I, I crap on uh, Fast and the Furious a lot in that series. But those movies are at least coherent. You can kind of follow them. Like I think they're dumb as hell, but you can follow what's going on there. This movie feels like the this movie. The only thing I can think to compare it to is those assignments that you did, forgot that you had to do, and you realized it the night before, and you stay up the entire night, and so like you have kind of a strong beginning, but by the end you're like running out of coffee and caffeine, and you're just from falling what I apart. hear. From what I hear, like that's what happened. Like they rushed it and they rushed it because of the Batman v Superman failure. And they're like, we need to get a fun DC movie out now or our brand is destroyed there. That's stop. Slow (laughs) the hell down. Warner brothers, like seriously, slow down and do what Marvel actually did. Stop trying to get a billion dollars now and build to that. Do it slowly and do it right. Otherwise you're going to end up with this movie and people are just going to stop going to see DC movies. I mean, if we weren't doing this podcast, I totally wouldn't. Have I would have walked out. I would have literally walked out in the in the middle of a movie that I really wanted to see. I really want to know which part you would have walked out on. For I, me, it was pretty I'll early. T- I'll, tell you, I'll tell you after the after. Um. So yeah, like it's just yeah, it's really sad. Don't go see it. Anyway, that's our first impressions of Suicide Squad. We're gonna have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> My wife wants to go see it. Oh no! Yeah. Maybe you can convince her that it's not worth it. Maybe. And go see something else instead. Maybe. Bad Moms. We saw Bad Mom recently. That was really good. I heard it was pretty funny. It was really funny. Not I really want to see the new Star Trek. I do too. Yeah. Oh, we should do that next. We should. All right, guys. Well, we're going to cut out for tonight. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully, it's more entertaining than Suicide Squad was <laughs> if you've already seen it. Otherwise, tell us what we did wrong so we can do better because we don't want to be like Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> that was my awful Joker laugh. That was really it's my bad. It's my own unique take on the Joker, Rick. You real can't bad. Criti- no, no, it's a new, fresh take. Okay, you know that whole <laughs> only... That was a little better.
Really? It was louder. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like weak and pathetic. Uh, now you're just pretending to be. Well, Jared just- Leto Jeff definitely had a low, weird, purry laugh several times. Like, uh, yeah, but he did it with confidence. You did it with like sadness and, uh, and despair. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Opinionated. We're really sorry to report how bad Suicide Squad was. Sorry, DC fanboys. If you've been enjoying our show, please consider rating and reviewing us on the iTunes store. It really would mean a ton to us, and it's actually the best way to help support the podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, please email them to opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. Maybe you know who Jared Leto is. I'm pretty sure... He's from 30 Seconds to Mars, which is a band. But I'm not a 30 Seconds to Mars scientist. So what do I know?